All right, don't talk about the weather. Don't talk about the weather. Don't talk about the weather. Don't this is Product Internals, a podcast about getting started building platform products and scaling them while scaling yourself. I'm uh, Arvid and I'm here today and every day with my PM partner, Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm great, Arvid. How are you doing? <laughs> You're right. That's that's exactly what we shouldn't do. I uh, I am stressing out a little bit because this is my last day before a five week vacation. Yeah, which is yeah about the time when things that you thought were under control tend to surface again and turn out that there were more uncertainties to them than you expected. Yeah, we talked last week about how about the Swedish vacation. How many people will take a long vacation? Arvid's about to go do that. Very happy for him. It's going to be great. Also, half of our company is in Sweden, so most of them are doing that too. So this week and last week are very much like try to wrap up all the possible loose ends, so people, so half of the company can disappear. And uh, Arvid is one of those people wrapping things up. I love that you're sort of the you 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 failed last year because of COVID, but you're really trying to game <laughs> this to the furthest extent possible. Like let's work through this Swedish vacation when things are like calm and chill. <laughs> and then go to Brazil and just zone out for a month or two in the middle of winter when everyone's yeah, like yeah, yeah. crunching. Exactly. But the thing is that like if I work in the winter, sorry, in the summer, it's 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 already quite pleasant. So going on vacation would take my quality of life from like, I don't know, 80% to 90%. Whereas mm. in the winter, it would take it from like 30% to 90%, especially if I go stick my head in the sand somewhere. So yeah. Uh, I don't have kids though, so I get that it's forced amongst some people. But um, I'm also Canadian. I'm not from Sweden, so I don't have the same like I must be off in July that all of the Swedes here do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've completely exhausted our proxy for talking about the weather, uh, what are we talking <laughs> about this week? Yeah. Uh, so before we get into that, I'll just do the admin, and then we can get into, and then we can get get into what we're actually going to talk about. Uh, so if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to uh, read it in a more coherent way or share it or, or, or think that there's something you want to uh, maybe refer back to because like, you thought it was valuable, we have to complement each episode a, a Substack blog, uh, which you can find at productinternals.com. We actually just hit a milestone for subscribers. We have 25 subscribers getting emails from us every week now. So if I had a bell, I would ring it, but I'm, I'm personally very excited about that. And the release cadence for this blog will be on every Wednesday. That's what we're aiming for. It's easier said than done, but it's going to be once a week. Also, if you have questions, you can reach uh, or feedback or want to debate us on things, you can reach us either at Product Internal on Twitter or at podcast at productinternals.com. And if you're enjoying this show, please follow us on Spotify. Or if you're listening to us on a different platform, it would be awesome if you would rate and review us because that'll definitely help us with the SEO in those platforms too. We're incredibly close to hitting another milestone there. Where we yeah, yeah. We have another milestone, which hopefully we can announce in the next episode. Yep. But uh, we don't Good want to get ahead choice. of ourselves here. Yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's keep these enthusiastic followers. Uh, yeah. But speaking about the next episode, uh, we're going to change the cadence up a little bit on account of Arvid taking some well-deserved time off. Uh, so we've been doing these, releasing them on every Friday. We're going to try to stick as close to that as possible over the next five weeks. Uh, but what we do know is that we will be taking a break next week. So there'll be no episode coming next Friday, but the following Friday, there will be one. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe in the next five weeks, we get three episodes. Maybe we get four. We'll see. Yeah. 
dependent on the thing not to be mentioned. <laughs> on the witch? On the weather. But uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So so yeah, what did we do last week? <clears throat> yeah, last week we talked about how to make sure that you keep other people in the loop, in depth for everything that you're doing to make sure that when you take your long vacation, you didn't turn out to be a single point of failure and a lot of things just grind to a halt, but that everything that you had up and running just keeps going. Uh, it may take a, a group of people to stay in depth involved in what you're doing, but at least you're making sure that you're not the lone person that is able to drive something forward. Yeah, it, exactly. Like this, this is a sort of ways of working, which is easier said than done, as as they always are. But if done well, it can not only increase the quality of the of the work and the focus and and the value you get out of your focus time if you're doing it with two brains, uh, but also has the like the very important side effect of making your, yourself fall taller and you stop becoming a single point of failure, and uh, that that allows people like Arvid to go on their five week vacations and yeah. uh, not stress about it. So. Right. Then uh, this week we did. We're going to do a little bit something, uh, something a little bit different for this episode. We we typically would talk about a lesson that we've uh, that we've internalized from from our time in in the industry, uh, but but not today. Today we actually got a really great question where, and I think we're going to use the whole episode to talk about that. Uh, so this question comes from, and uh, I hope I don't butcher your name here. It's from Loic from uh, from Switzerland, and Loic asks. What advice we would give to a new platform product manager uh, at, at three different points of time? So specifically, a new uh, platform product manager starting out in their first month, but also what would you say to someone six months in? What would you say to someone one year in? Hmm. And if we figured we could talk about this for for hours, so why don't we just make it a whole episode? Specifically, Rob, are we talking about someone that is a new hire or someone that is new to the role? New to the role. New to the role. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, Arvid, like, what, what would you be like? Let's start with that. So, both of us have transitioned from different roles. You from data science, me from engineering, into becoming a platform product manager, and we yeah. both took different approaches in the early stages. So, what, what would be the advice that you might give to somebody in in the first month of their job in this position? I think I'm gonna make the assumption here that we're not tasking a brand new PM with the task of spinning up a brand new product, but rather that this is a, it's a brand new PM, but the product exists and the team exists. Okay, is, that that's a, fair. is that a sensible assumption? Um, yeah, I mean, at least it makes, it makes that's what we can talk about, right? Because that's been our experience. Yeah, and I think assuming that that is the case, like we have talked a lot about like the, the fundamentals to like the fundamental pieces, like strategies and visions and like collaboration partners and, like team rhythms and product life cycles and like a bunch of things here that would be pretty overwhelming for someone to just try to grok on their first day. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think the, the thing we've kept coming back to is that the absolutely core thing that you should center everything you do around is actually knowing what problem you're solving. Mm -hmm. And knowing what problem you're, sol you're solving is not, is not trivial to identify if it wasn't like handed to you very well evidenced. Mm -hmm. So given the assumption that that is not obvious to you, that like the, the PM that left just gave you the perfect deck to, to describe that. Then, yeah, and I, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, then I think a good sort of way of 
cheating your way to that is basically to just look at what is currently active work? Like what is currently prioritized work for your team? And why are we doing that? And assuming that the person before you did their job, there's going to be an answer to why you're doing it. And most likely that answer is going to come together with a stakeholder. A stakeholder or a user that is sort of the source of the need for this change or this extension or this whatever. Mm -hmm. So I would say, if there's anything I would like strongly urge a completely new PM to do on their first week, it's really just like, pick the most important thing that the team is actively working on according to themselves and find the person that uh, sort of embodies that need and have a conversation yep. with them. Get to know one user or one stakeholder enough to understand why we're working on something to help them. Yeah, that that's really good advice, I think. Uh, I've noticed both, both from watching teams spin up but also seeing how people operate is that it's incredibly common to uh, hire somebody to manage a product which already exists mm. or to... Uh, and, and a product which already exists is a solution for a problem, right? Uh, Hopefully. Or to try to, to try to grasp some opportunity from the past. Uh, so to come in and kind of assume that this is solving a problem, that, that the thing that you were hired for is actually solving a relevant problem, I think is, I mean, hopefully that's the case, but it, it's, it, it's often not the case. So try to dig into actually what are the problems that you're expected to solve and, and disconnecting that from the solution that maybe you were brought in to work on a little bit so you can understand the why is is a, a hugely important important thing and uh yeah like i maybe in our cases we were fortunate enough that we were doing engineering or data science in the area so we we came with context but if yeah. that's not the case then get, getting that context is yeah I, I totally agree with you that's that's good advice and i think because <clears throat> you're gonna need that why I don't know what, what time periods you had here, but uh, the next time was like... Six months was that. Six months in or something. Yeah. Like sometime before then, uh, you're going to be asked to do like, okay, so what are your team going to prioritize in the next quarter? Or in the next year even? Or like you're, you're going to be expected to, to answer that sort of question. So getting a jump on... Like sort of the fundamental whys and the fundamental problems uh, mm -hmm. is absolutely key to to get any sort of progress. And I think I think this is especially for new people. It's a little bit scary to go out and meet someone external. Like it's it's very easy as a new PM to just stay busy with internal things. Like stay busy talking to like learning from your own manager and what they think about uh, the problem and learn from the team and what they think and like uh, spend some time getting situated with like old docs and old roadmap and like a bunch of things and not actually getting out and meeting anyone who has the problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. Uh, so I think taking the shortest possible path to someone that is relevant to talk to as early as possible just to, to get that out of the way I think is, is key. Yeah, and and to sort of tie this down with a bit of, a bit of an example, let's say that you are uh, you're hiring the team that you're coming in. Uh, the, the the point is to to develop and operate and maintain and and move forward a, a streaming data processing platform. So something like 
uh, it could be it could be like a streaming Kafka, uh, something which should provide the ability for your company to do streaming data processing. You can come into that, and I mean that that, that is a like a nice technical piece of infrastructure, and and think about how you could make it better. But what Arvid's suggesting here is first try to figure out why this actually get, provide is going to provide business value for the company and what the need is really here, rather than just trying to take for granted that actually you need a streaming data platform. Like imagine coming in and realizing all of a sudden that you know what there no no one needs this and then all of a sudden like I like maybe really what yeah. you want to do is instead of streaming have uh, do, do something totally different. It'll be yeah, a really and good it's thing also going fast. <laughs> yeah, and it's also going to give you like some context about like is the thing we're doing right now like strategic long-term work or is it a reactive piece of work mm. that helps someone validate something that may turn out that we don't need it and like it gives you those nuances that makes it possible to know if like should i be planning for us to stay working on streaming data infrastructure or should i tell my team that like we we need to time box this and then we're going to get back to back on mission again yeah. Um, so now, uh, I, I mean, I, I think this is a great answer, and I I totally agree with it. My I, I was going to go a, li- a little bit less tangible for how what I would give it to, to uh, give as advice, and that's really to um, like recognize and take in that you are going to be the least knowledgeable person in the room for a long time, and yeah. and make peace with that. Like at some point you need to get it to the position where you can make prioritization decisions and and can uh, represent the stakeholders' needs and things like this, but you're sure as hell not going to be able to do that in the first month. So uh, so, 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 with that in mind, be, be ready to absorb information, be ready to ask for help and for support and, and get ideas out of, out of the engineers and, and engineering managers, the people that you're going to be working with. And... Uh, and don't try to put yourself in a position where you need to have all the answers before, like quite clearly, you're not going to be the one who is best set up to do that, even though it's in your job description. So like, uh, that's an important element of imposter syndrome that I found is that, uh, maybe I thought that I needed to be the one making decisions when like early on, I, I certainly was not in a position, like I, I really shouldn't have, even though my title would suggest that. Yeah. No, I think that that's a, that's also a great point. And I think it would be, don't just make, like, don't just accept that yourself, but try to be transparent with the team that this is what you're expecting from mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. That, like, don't just set up some time with the team to say hi to each other and get introduced, but actually do set up time to to get introduced, sort of how they would onboard an engineer to the team or how they would un- onboard, like, yeah, a data scientist or the designer yeah. or something to the team. Like, don't try to hide the fact in any way that you don't have this knowledge, like, just coming into the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, that that's kind of the mindset aspect of it is is be, be, be open and accepting with the fact that you're going to be the least knowledgeable person in the room for a significant period of time. Mm-hmm. And, and then you pair it with, with action, which is by reading as much information and documentation as you can, meeting with everybody you can to try to learn that context, absorb information like a sponge, uh, summarize and like uh, at least personally, like I can make a big difference by, by trying to make sense of something and then writing it down. Uh, like that, that's the way that I like to learn. 
So like do these things, put in the hard work and, uh, and you'll get through that quite quickly. And, uh, and eventually you'll be on the same page as the rest of your team, but it's going to take some time and you got to be fine with that. Yeah. And I think this is also a good time to sort of tie back a little bit to the, uh, when we talked about impactful teams and sort of leaning in and out of titles that likely your first day, you're not the best PM in that team. Yeah. Like likely on your very first day, if your EM has been there for a long time, if the engineering manager has been there for a long time, they are probably a better PM than you are. Yeah. Uh, and likely if you have a staff level engineer or a senior engineer in the team who really knows the, the problem and the stakeholders and the users, they're also probably a better, like, like tactically day to day right now, they're probably the better. The yeah, they're, PM. they're playing, the, they're wearing the PM hat. They're wearing the PM than, than you hat, could exactly. At the moment. And, and you're trying to, to learn from them, basically. Yeah, so <clears throat> don't be afraid to leverage that, kind of how we've been talking about the collaboration partners in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're expected to go to a meeting and report on something or plan something or like give feedback on something, then like bring whoever has been wearing that hat. Like yeah. bring whoever would be a good standard. And yeah, make sure that that is not just like time wasted in that meeting. But yeah, yeah, and I uh, so I, I guess I can. I'm speaking from two pieces of experience here. The first one is when I when I first transitioned and I did have all that context and and I wasn't starting from scratch. But but most recently I switched teams from one team to another team, and uh, even though it stayed like I stayed within our our product area and I've still been working closely with Arvid. Uh, in this new team, I was absolutely not the most qualified to be to be the PM. Uh, my like awesome e uh, engineering manager Yasser has been like an incredible help, and he's been the one who's been driving a lot of those discussions. I've been learning a lot from him. Maybe now, many months later, a few months later, it's we're, we're sort of on equal footing here, and 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 finally now I feel like I can take more control. But it takes it takes some time. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that I kind of learned learn this lesson early and now this time I'm able to make peace with it and, and we can set expectations that we can move forward. Yeah. So are we transitioning from the the first week advice to the six month advice? Six month advice, yeah. So so six so six months now. What's your advice to a new platform product manager six months into the job? So I think like six months in, you're if we stick with the assumption that the previous PM did their job. Uh, you're probably given us a, a team and a squad in the very beginning that has about six months of pretty well-planned runway. Like the team is not going to completely run out of things to do your second week. But when you're about to hit the six month mark, then you're very likely going to have a team that needs you to keep populating the roadmap and keep populating the strategy for them to have anything to do. Uh, like they will of course like stay busy for a couple more months, like cleaning up tech debt and doing things like that they think is impactful. But this is when like, it's no longer fine to, to do nothing. And for that to be possible, I think that that is a great time to really ask yourself, uh, we talked about this before, we talked about constraints. Uh, where the thing that you bring as a PM into a team, not on the vision and strategies end, but as they're doing work, 
you're sort of the voice of the external constraints to what we can do and how we can do it. And I think at the six month mark, if you don't already feel like you have a good idea of like, what are the organizational constraints? What, where, is the, where is the organization as a whole going? What sort of needs are they going to have? What sort of costs am I not going to be able to take on? What sort of legal constraints do I operate under? Like those kind of things are going to be something that you need to be able to voice to your team from that point forward. Um, and likely you needed to be able to do that after three months as well. But I think you could probably lean a little bit on like your big lined up strategic work from your previous PM, not including like ridiculous suggestions that are breaking constraints. Um, but I yeah. think trying to get on into like understanding all of these complexities too early is just going to be very, very, very frustrating. But I think at the six month mark, you should know the internals of your own product, the internals of your team, like what you're doing well enough to like properly dive into these external inputs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And and it's something which I think is really easy to to overlook, especially if you're coming from a smaller company than than the one that you are are joining. Uh just in general, like organization like as the organization grows, it can get incredibly complex and there can be so many different constraints and completing competing goals and and, and priorities and regulations and, and uh yeah, like the importance of these are going to take some time to grasp, and uh, I think I think that's that's relevant advice for sure. What else would you have in mind? Yeah, so the the thing that I learned the hard way, and now I uh, I have striv- striven striven I strive I currently strive to do <laughs> currently strive to, to do it better is uh, actually writing down like on paper what your strategy is mm. after around six months. So trying giving yourself that six months to uh, to learn the context to to learn like a sponge absorb as much as you can speak with all everyone in your team speak with stakeholders and then around six months you should have enough information to really form a proper opinion get that opinion down on paper try to write it in a way that's that's coherent and tells a story and uh, once you've done that it's gonna like that that will really feel like a, a unlocking moment for the rest of your career. Because now everything which you've been trying to, um, like that you've been explaining to people and getting feedback on, all of a sudden you have it on you. Like you can align around on it. You can get stakeholder feedback. You can like th- this really gives you the basis for what I think is going to be the rest of what what you try to do with your team and with your career in this company. And the mistake that I made was not writing it down, basically. So building up this context, forming really strong opinions, talking with everyone, knowing that we're aligned. And then it wasn't until we had it written down that we actually were able to make progress because this alignment erodes so quickly if there's any sort of misunderstanding. Like if I explain to you, Arvid, what my like opinion and strategy is on for for this for, for the product that, that I'm working on, you're gonna get, I don't know, 80% of you're yeah. gonna understand 80%. And that other 20%, like we could have a misunderstanding, which could then be a problem. So just getting it on paper, it sounds super silly, but once you do that, yeah. it's it's a huge accomplishment. And and, uh, and really if it a lot. sounds daunting, like your strategy doesn't need to be 20 pages. Your, your strategy probably shouldn't be 20 pages. 
Like your strategy, like ship early, ship often. Like it's like exactly. with any other product. Like your strategy is a product. Your users yeah. are your team and your stakeholders. Yeah. And um, you want to build sort of the, the MVP of your strategy. What are your thematic uh, strategic goals? What is the rationale behind them? As yeah. soon as you have that on paper, share with share it with people. Turn as soon as you have it in your comments. mind, put it on paper. Yeah, turn on yeah. comments, allow people to feedback and iterate on that document. It should be a living document. Yeah, um, exactly. And the thing that I've tried to do this time is uh, like, is sharing it way too early, basically. I, I got some kind of idea of a vision down on paper. I shared it. I got feedback immediately. I realized where I was right and where I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And a vision is not going to be super, super long. You're just, you're really just describing what you see as the right way to go about, uh, like solving this super aspirational problem. So by doing that, then I could iterate and, and it, yeah, super, super thankful that I did and kicking myself for trying to write the 20 page, all the T's crossed and I's dotted strategy, yeah. uh, the first time. Yeah. And, uh, I realized that another good time here it may be that it's sort of slipping into the second yeah. um into the next longer time period because we're going into a year now right yeah somewhere around this time it's a really good time to get a mentor mm. like with some luck uh your line manager is a somewhat product savvy person that has been able to guide yeah. you up until this point but there are like there's things where you don't want your mentor to also be your manager. And uh, as you're going into writing strategy and stuff like that, it's really good to have sort of the the format support and the guidance from someone who is like an experienced product leader or product manager in general. Um, And the things you read and the sort of the the things that we've been talking about in this podcast, you can sort of, a lot of that you can pick up from resources. But past this point, when it comes to like, it's not just writing a strategy, but it's negotiating a strategy and grounding a strategy with stakeholders and like, um, like battling out priorities with other organizational leaders. And like past this point, that's when it starts getting like grittier and it's gonna take much more sort of diplomatic or like new um, a more nuanced approach than just mm-hmm. like checking the boxes doing the craft like yeah and, and, and having the real input is the real impact is not going to happen with, from within your team alone like you need to you need to collaborate with people you need you need to work with those different stakeholders get them on board otherwise the impact's not going to happen yeah, especially as a platform PM. Yeah. yeah. Like your your stakeholders, your users likely need to have someone approve them uh, spending time on adopting your product. Mm. They're not just any other person on their free time picking up a consumer-facing product. They're doing it on, on business hours. So yeah. uh, you're going to have to make a case for someone to allow their teams to pick up your product. Um and and engage with you in general. So um, somewhere between somewhere in this period, I would ask either just like by looking at the org chart and finding a product leader that could 
either mentor you or help you find a mentor or like from the other way around just ask your your manager to help you find one mm-hmm. um but i think maybe you want to hash out your very first take on a strategy like a little bit trial and error on your on your own playing around with the team working out with your with your engineering manager and your and your manager but when you want to take it to a next level and actually like elevate this from something that is like a coherent set of things that are upcoming into something that is actually engaging and it stands on its own without you pitching it every time and like then i think you need guidance from someone who has who has written multiple strategies before yeah and i think this is i i, I definitely agree and i guess what i what i've noticed is at at this point the the way that you do this successfully probably differs from company to company so mm. a mentor who's not only a product leader sort of by um by profile or by skill set but also is a, like a recognized leader within the company will will have sort of figured out the politics and that kind of like unfortunate side of the job enough that you can uh, you can learn from what what they have struggled with and then o- overcome eventually yeah within and, your company especially in larger companies yeah and depending on the size of the company again uh, try to find someone to mentor you who is not out of your most immediate org yeah because you may especially as you're completely new you may end up uh sort of designing your internalized sort of model of how to be a pm way too locally optimized for how your particular little corner of the org works yeah and if you want something that is a transferable skill that you can take to another job in the future then uh you want to make sure that you're doing the job in a way that is sort of generally applicable. So, you speaking from experience here, Arvid? <laughs> I've yet to make the move out of my first PM role, but yeah, sure. uh, I uh, you're concerned about this maybe. I've been looking at I've been talking to not as a as a formal mentorship, but with a couple of PMs in uh, elsewhere in our org uh, to get feedback on um things like my strategies and my pitch decks mm. and stuff like that and nice. sometimes they are surprised by the formats uh and i'm surprised that they are surprised because they look exactly like every other strategy i read and it's because i only read the ones coming out of our immediate org yeah coming from uh, me or from johan or from other people that we were yeah exactly like other people sort of who have arrived at the same format our leadership is like used to how that looks so it's a great way of like clearly communicating our needs and our wants and then it turns out that other people do it differently and it's a um it's a good time to sort of st- take a step back and reflect on like what is the core part to what i'm doing and what is just formatting yeah and uh, make sure that you're not just doing formatting but that you're actually <laughs> doing the core part yeah so is this your is this your advice for the one year pm I mean, it sounds like it very well could be. <laughs> I, I, or, or do you have another? I think in general, at one year, I think my my general advice is ask yourself if this is if this is the job you want. Mm. And I think part of asking yourself that is talking to someone who has been doing it for a while. So having a mentor to sort of uh, bounce that idea around with um, is super beneficial. 
But I think you don't necessarily need someone who has like dedicated themselves to being your mentor. Like, of course, they didn't dedicate your, yeah. themselves to that. But like, like it can be an informal mentor. Exactly, sort of. it can be a much more f- informal conversation with yeah. other experienced product people. When you're really asking yourself, like, I made a transition, I became a PM, or I've been interiming, or I've been like, I've been doing this role full time for a year now. Uh, what aspects of the role do I appreciate? What aspects of the role do I think is a hassle and just annoying and I would like to do less of it? And is it a fair assumption that I will ever be able to reduce the amount of the things that I don't like? Yeah. So like that's the kind of conversations you want to have with someone who has been doing this for five or 10 or 15 years, who can really tell you that like, if you don't enjoy uh, project management, which is actually a sizable part of day-to-day PMing, uh, like at least in a for internal products, uh, then maybe uh, this isn't for you. Yeah. But um, yeah, if if you're stuck in other things that are taking a lot of your time simply because you're new to it, then they may very well tell you that like you're not gonna spend forty percent of your time writing strategy docs in the future. It's gonna come easier. Um, so struggle through yeah. it now. Get it right get into the habit and then that's going to ease up. Yeah. Nice. That's uh I think that that sounds super wise. Uh so the advice that I would give to someone it's funny because like we come from the same context and and like I agree with everything you're saying yet I still would give different advice but like yeah. I, I I guess that's the thing is that there's a lot of different aspects to this in which case the like all of this advice I think is re- relevant even though we take different approaches. But one year into the into the job, you're no longer you you, you probably like have, have built up all the context. Now maybe you are the right person to be taking de- to taking decisions. Mm. You're getting pulled into a whole bunch of different meetings and initiatives. People want to hear your thoughts. You're probably incredibly busy. Now is the time to really start making and enforcing that focus time. Like basically, the advice is be really deliberate with not filling up your schedule. And and getting time uh, fo- the focus time for that strategy work or for more deeper thinking or and this like I can't emphasize enough for like reflection on how things are going uh, both in terms of like yourself your career your stress levels your 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 teammates like the sort of how le- the leadership is going um, make and preserve this time because it's it's so easy and I know for sure you both you and I can. Are, can speak from doing this poorly early in the job to just get overwhelmed by the amount of responsibilities and, and our schedule that all of a sudden four months goes by and it's like wait a second we haven't really accomplished anything we just sat in meetings for four months yeah i uh, think that's a fantastic point and i think they complement each other um yeah i think both of them are sort of maturing into this actually being your job and yeah. sort of finding a sustainable way of doing it in a way that you like yeah Exactly. And I was, I was kind of hesitant to say this is the advice for one year in because like it, it's a really, I think it's really great advice, like one weekend or, or six months in as well. But the difference is when you're like after one year, you'll have built up expectations on yourself and now it's time to try to manage those expectations. So yeah, so before, before we summarize, I wanted to just uh, mention a, a anecdote or something that, uh, that I heard in the product management festival, which is a great product conference in Zurich. I recommend checking it out if you're inter- interested in that sort of thing. But there was a, 
uh, oh, I wish I could remember his name. There was a, a keynote speaker from Google who said that uh, product managers by definition will not have enough time and don't feel like you need to do everything because a huge part of the job is prior is prioritizing the different initiatives. So if you're trying to stay involved in all the different initiatives, you're going to run out of time. So don't expect to have enough time. Prioritize. And, and, and some of the things that you need to prioritize are going to be more around the around focus time or around reflection or the less tangible aspects of the job that are needed to both help you do the things that are really in your job description, but also stay sane and, and not get overwhelmed by stress. So Mm. um, that would be, that would definitely be my advice is, is uh, trying to make sure that you start, that you do the product management in a sustainable way and then taking that, protecting that focus time and protecting that reflection time. That's a fantastic point. That's something I still struggle with. It's yeah. uh, it feels like you you do rounds on that. Like you uh, you manage to identify some things that you don't want to be your immediate responsibility, and you hand that thing off. But then you're saturated again by something else, and it's it, just like you're saying, just uh, like just like your backlog for your team keeps yeah. keeps being filled up. And you need to keep prioritizing it. The same thing goes for your job description. And the same thing goes for your like lists of tasks for yourself. Like yeah. if even if you don't yourself, other people will will put things on, on your desk. And it's it takes continuous effort to to make sure that you're not just staying incredibly busy, but actually spending your time on the most important things. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, so let I, I thought it would be good before we get out of here, which uh, it, it's it's nearly time, just to try to summarize our, our different answers for these three areas, and then uh, and then we'll we'll get out of here. So Arvid, new what, what's your advice? New PM, one month, six months, one year. So first week, meet with the stakeholder that has the need that your team is currently working to mitigate. Like understand the problem that you're team and your product is solving by talking to the person that has the problem that you're solving for right now like in this sprint what is the team working on and for who mm-hmm. awesome. and now six months six months in uh, you need to be able to craft strategies and crafting strategies and prioritizing work requires that you know the external constraints within the company so this is when you need to learn and discover and internalize the external constraints. Mm -hmm. So identify what sort of, like what is fine in terms of costs and legal aspects and organizational flexibility and everything like that. That's the complexity you need to to understand at this point. And one year in, um, really ask yourself if this is the job you want. And to help you have that conversation, um, find someone who can mentor you, someone you who can uh, give you practical and like explicit feedback on on the work that you're doing, that can sort of contextualize and give you more information about how to navigate your organization, and use they them as a like to to bounce ideas off and bounce questions off when it comes to like is the things that I'm doing right now the things that I should be doing. And the things that I don't like about that job, this job, um, is this something that is going to stick around uh, for the future? And if so, am I willing to accept that being my job? Yeah. 
Awesome. And then to summarize my three points, first week, familiarize and make peace with imposter syndrome. Accept that you're going to be the least knowledgeable person in the room for some time. And then like take action by, by learning like a sponge, absorbing context, reading whatever you can to try to uh, asking, asking the stupid questions, which then become the insightful questions, which then become provoking questions, et cetera. Mm. Um, then advice for six months in, you've now learned enough context to form strong opinions on what the right things to do would be, what the most impactful product problems would be to work on, what the right next steps would be towards those. Get those down on paper so you can start getting feedback on it and alignment both within your team and, and, and your like sort of the teams that you work adjacent to, but also with some stakeholders that you've been talking to. So check that, get feedback as shipping a strategy as uh, early and often is, uh, is, Something which like shipping early and often applies not only to like just engineering products, but also to a strategy I found. And then the advice for one year is once you start getting into the thick of things, don't let yourself get run over by, by different priorities and by scheduling. Take some focus time, protect it, make sure that you, you're able to, re- to reflect and, and, and look at the different aspects of the job, both like both tangible and intent and the intangible, like, like the leadership and, and, and like your career and things like this. Uh, otherwise you're going to get overwhelmed by stress and time will pass you by without you really having proper impact fantastic yeah before we get out of here I know that we are running close on time so I'm going to run through the the admin again and then we'll we'll say goodbye and say say happy summer so if you want to read about this and refer back to it or share some some learning that you had in, in either this episode or some previous episodes check out productinternals.com it's a substack blog where we update every wednesday or, or try to on a weekly cadence um, if you want to ask questions like we had from Loic today uh, you're more than welcome to uh, reach out on twitter at product internal or emailing us at podcast at productinternals.com this is a really awesome question and i hope uh, i hope we answered it pretty well for you uh, and if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please follow us on Spotify. If you're listening to us on a platform that is not Spotify, we would love if you could rate and review us. That'll really help us with the SEO on those platforms. And uh, oh, and lastly, we're going to take a pause next week and uh, and try to keep up the Friday cadence thereafter. But we'll see because it's summertime and Arvid's going to go have an awesome time in the Swedish countryside. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks. This was fun. I'll let you get back to your scrambling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Have a few good weeks. See you yeah, soon. you too. You too. See you. Bye. Bye.